0: is here. We will definitely not shut up and drift. The champ is here. I must be the greatest.
1: The champ is here. I'm gonna continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will will not not
0: lose. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. You could've been anywhere in the world, but you're here with we. My name is Ej. I got my man. Yes, he's the DB of the show. We are black in sports. Give it a voice to the culture that won't shut and dribble. Here, covering it all, laughing it all, while providing a platform to be heard. You know, and there's no further ado. We're going to jump right into it and have a great time tonight, man. We're wrapping up season four, man. So we're so excited to have a man here. So he started. Well, not started. We'll just call him an HBCU alumni, all right? An all-around yes, athlete because it just runs in the family. You know what I mean? Um, This Hooper turned NFL tight end. It's taking all his talents, all right, and everything from his journey, and he's rolling it up into his current role as manager of community relations for the Raiders. Please, please, please clap it up for Jabri Blunt, but please, please clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. Man, so how we start the show, man, we, we jump right into it. We got to get you on the spot, you know, and, and let the listeners get to know a little bit about you. So we do a shoot your shot moment. So this is where you can say, man, how you shot your shot, right? It has to be a story. You can't say you always shoot your shot. Cause we know what you be doing out there, player. We know you be getting it. <laughs> right. need just uh, a time you shot your shot, man, you could have fumbled the bag, you know what I'm saying? You could have grabbed the bag, but just give us a shoot your shot moment.
2: Ah, shoot your shot moment. Okay. Um, I'm thinking back to even, even now, cause I got a lot of, a lot of guys that reach out to me and ask me, you know, how did I get in this position going from the field to our field slash court to you know the front office so uh shoot your shot moment right there would be you know all along my all along the way you know I was I was in different schools private schools and you know taking school serious and that's what I would you know tell all the young guys that are coming along it's like you know don't get caught up in the hype of getting out of school or being done with school early man because it's like you know you have to have that degree to be in a space like this and operate in a space like this and it's like know that that's an easy way to get your name um you know stricken from the ballot um if you if you haven't gone to school or you don't have anything you know behind your name to be able to say hey I'm qualified to be in this position. So um you know just getting getting uh, applying for the job and just you know feeling like I was qualified and then you know going through the interview process um and and, and feeling confident in, in the things that I say and who I am as um as an individual, so that was my shoot your shot moment. Just uh you know believing I was ready for the role and uh you know stepping into it. So I love it, man.
0: And I'm still trying to get back into school. <laughs> if I can go to
1: school <laughs> no, I hear that, full really. time, I do that all day.
0: Go ahead, man.
1: For sure, for sure. Jabri, where does your love for sports start?
2: Ah, uh, well, I mean, I, I I like to say I was born with it, but you know, uh, coming from coming from a sports family. I um you know, I had a ball in my hand since I was young, and I was you know I got older brothers and cousins and things like that, so we compete in everything we do, whether it's uno cars, you know who's getting up the stairs the fastest. so you know things like that. I think that um you know sports is an easy way to to compete, and that was that was what I you know from young that's where my uh, my love for it came because I could have the ball in my hands, you know what I'm saying making making plays was was what I wanted to do, so that's probably All where right. it came from. So Uno
0: man, do you allow stacking? Do y'all play stacking?
2: It, it, oh for... yeah, we are we 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 gonna stack and we go we're gonna hit you over the head every time uh every time we get a chance. So
1: <laughs> that make the rules, bro. I like, see I mean, hey. <laughs> you gotta play hey, what that box says, man.
2: Yeah, yeah. You you come to six mile blunt. That's how that's how we play though. <laughs> <laughs> <It is. laughs>
1: so you so you touched on it, and we wanna, you know touch on it really quick here and then get obviously what you've been doing on the field and in, in, in the court uh your father Mel Blunt Hall of Fame I mean right. one of the five corners that you talk about when you talk about football How right. was that growing up there and obviously with your brothers that are also competing you know at a very high level how was that how was just that growing up in the household
2: um I mean it's not until you get older that you realize the impact that he had you know not only on the game but on you know, the community and you know, just sports in general. Um, but you know, growing up it was it was I, I watched him compete at a high level in everything that he did, uh, his work ethic every day. I mean, now he's 75 years old, he's still getting up every morning at five o'clock, going to the gym, coming home, making sure he's uh running businesses and then you know, obviously in his free time, he's retired now. So he's uh spending some time on his horses and uh, you know, out there on the ranch and stuff like that. But you know, what he always would say is, you know, when you, you, when you get to my age, you want to be able to do what I'm able to do. And, you know, I, I had to work, I had to work and I had to, you know, put in that time when I was your age. So that was, um you know, something that was, that I take from him every day, but also, you know, growing up around that and seeing the impact that he have and, you know, what sports meant to him and what he meant to everybody else through sports was, you know, again, you know, to your previous question, how I fell in love with sports too. So.
0: So you said the ranch, man, and like you just kind of slid by that, right? Like you know what I mean? yeah. so I spent some time in Ohio, so I've been around like larger parcels of land, but you don't see many right. of us <laughs> with a ranch. Right. So so how was it growing up on the ranch, man? Tell me about that kind of like you know, that's different. That's not an everyday everyday thing. Yeah,
2: that that's one of my favorite things to talk about, man. It's uh something that a lot of people don't really know about me or really know about my family. It's like uh you know, I'm a country boy. I grew up in the country. Uh, my dad, he grew up on 1,500 acres of land in South Georgia um, that his family acquired, and then that was that was the first thing that he uh, invested in was that land when he got to the NFL. And then when he, you know, was able to, you know, get that situated, he bought a farm um, outside of Pittsburgh in uh, Washington County. Um, this 303 acres, and that's where me and my brothers um, grew up and, and were raised out there, horses, cows. Uh, buffalo, all, all kind of different animals out there that we used to have and um and be involved in and stuff. So it was uh it was it was a great experience, and I think that uh, a lot of that is also goes into the work ethic and the things that I you know seeing him getting up and uh, maintaining the ranch and the things that he had to do just to uh to acquire that piece of land. And I think that he I, you know I didn't really understand at the time what it meant you know for one of us to own that much land or to, you know, to have that much land and, um, you know, kind of took it for granted. But then, you know, as I get older and, you know, I'm I'm actually getting ready to, you know, get into my first house and things like that. So it's like, when you see what he was able to get and what I'm trying to get, it's like, I don't know how he, how he was able to do it, but it's a, uh, it's a blessing. And, you know, that, that's something that I'll always hold dear to me is, um, you know, growing that's up hard. on the farm and the, and the experiences that I had out there. Yeah, for sure.
1: That's so, awesome. experiences give me some of the roles and the, some of the duties that was going on around the ranch, man. And, man, and so, was you, and was
0: you chasing chickens like they did in Rocky for speed, man. Was, was that part I, of not, ranching? not
2: for not for speed. I mean, I and I guess it, it could have helped, but it was like you know, you, you're getting up in the morning and it's 303 acres of land, so it's a lot of grass to cut, it's a lot of um, a lot of hay to bail. Uh, and so that was uh, that that was what the summers looked like for us, man. It was when we right when we get out of school we'd have a little family meeting there in the living room and my dad would outline you know what the roles and responsibilities look like for the summer coming up so he's like you know if you want to be you know you were either on the farm or you were out you know the only way to get off the farm was to uh be playing sports we have summer league basketball seven on seven things like that we would go to uh swimming lessons golf lessons things like that but you know um my siblings and i we we joke and we call him melka trash because you know what <laughs> <laughs> what's on the what's on the farm he he's not letting nobody in he's not letting nobody out so uh that was that the the roles and responsibility out there cutting grass bailing, hay feeding horses loping horses uh you know just things like that it was um you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff we used to do out there, I man. We got definitely got some stories, but we made it fun. We would fish and we would hunt, ride through trails, and uh, four wheelers, dirt bikes, and stuff like that. So it was a good time growing up out there for sure.
1: So Vegas is obviously much much different. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to just the 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 setup, how are you adjusting to that and living in different parts of the city? Because you've been in Miami, you've been you know obviously Carolina. What's the what's the right. how you to those things?
2: Well, I think like growing up being, being so tied to the farm, I I was always, always wanted to be in a bigger city and, you know, see what that, what that life was like. And, um, you know, I've been blessed and fortunate to be able to move around to some different places. Uh, this force has taken me and that, um, you know, now that work has taken me to be able to, you know, be in some, some bigger cities, but the, you know, the farm is always home. It's always good to, to get back there and, you know, uh, be rooted and grounded in, you know, what we were raised in. But now I love, I love the city. I love, um, being around and being able to, uh, you know, experience things is obviously always something to do here, but it's nice to be able to get back and slow down, uh, you know, when you, when you get a chance for sure.
0: Absolutely. Getting back into your background. Um, So the playing, right? So you played, what all sports did you play in high school? Let's start there. You know, so was, high it, just, was it just football and basketball or did you do any other sports?
2: Um just like I, I played a lot of sports but i mean on on the team for the school i only did football basketball and track so those were the three uh three sports that i did i actually hated track didn't want to do it but my older brother was a senior and he was uh you know he was the one who was like man you you slow you need to you need to start running you need to get on the track team so uh <laughs> you know he he took me out there and uh you know track was something that really helped me uh just with my core and you know my stride and coordination and all that stuff too. But yeah, it was just football basketball and track, uh, that I was on, on the team for. So
0: getting off, um, Melcatraz. <laughs> yeah. You kind of hinted at one of the things, and I think this is how you maybe decided where you wanted to, you know, take that transition from football to basketball. Um, you know, so you moved around a little bit in your kind of high school days, right? So, yeah. um, born in Pittsburgh, born in the Pittsburgh Pennsylvania area yeah but um you spent some time in West Virginia and Ohio right and that's both during your high school days
2: yeah so I uh I went to uh high school two years at uh the Lindsley Academy which is um a prep school down in Wheeling West Virginia uh one of the best academic schools in the country and it was uh it was a a lot different experience from us you know what I'm saying it was a it was a lot of it wasn't, it wasn't as diverse. I would. I'll I say, but it was, uh, it was a great experience and you know, that, that, that helped me understand, you know, what operating in that space looked like, you know, from an early age. And, uh, then due to what I saw from some of really good athletes that came before me, man, I, I saw some kids that came from the inner city of Pittsburgh down to Lindsley that were better athletes than me and that had, you know, more talent and more skill than I did. But, due to like the recruiting and you know the politics around the school and stuff like that they weren't getting those the looks and the different offers and the things that they should have so uh even even for my older brother he was fortunate enough to, to you know to be recruited to hbcu um but then i always grew up saying like man i didn't i don't want to go to hbcu i'm not going to hbcu i want to you know what i'm saying I, I i'm watching guys play on tv and, and things like that and i didn't see no hbcus playing on tv so I um Ended up transferring to uh, St. Vincent, St. Mary's in Akron, Ohio. They have some pretty notable alumni up there, and I uh, was able to earn a, earn a scholarship there and um, go on to Cleveland State, and I was at Cleveland State for two years after that, yeah.
0: And that's funny you say that, right? Like, Because that's one of my questions, like, why did you transfer to an HBCU, you know, because and to have that feeling to say at first you didn't want to because right. your dad went. Both of your brothers are now or or have been, excuse me. yeah, so what what changed for you, um after you know, being with Cleveland to say, like, you know what? I am going to make this transfer to um nCC
2: um so when when I went to St Vincent St. Mary's, um that was my first time that I've ever had an opportunity to play for African American coach. Uh, Coach Drew Joyce he's done a great job up at St. V so I'm gonna shout out my guy because I just talked to him the other day for Thanksgiving so that's my guy I want to give him a shout out and he um, you know and then then when I went to Cleveland State I was able to I was able to do the same thing but the environment around the school wasn't wasn't what I wanted it to be and so I, I would go down to Florida and m and I would visit my brother down there and I would see the atmosphere and the homecomings and you know, the set Fridays and all of that, all of that stuff that was going on around, uh, around Florida A&M in Tallahassee. And I was just like, man, there's no way that I have an opportunity, you know, to go to an HBCU. And there was, you know, multiple HBCUs and, you know, some PWIs as well that I, you know, that I would have um, had an opportunity to go to. But my younger brother had already committed to um, North Carolina Central. He played a year at Duquesne, and then we both transferred. We were transferring the same year. And so we went down to Central, and we were just like, "Man, this is uh, we we got to come here. We had an opportunity to live together. <laughs> we lived, we we lived together for three years. So me and my younger brother, I mean, that's my, that's my dog for life. So uh, uh, you know, we we got three years of college memories together. So yeah, that was uh, that was oh, how man. I ended up down at Central. Yep.
1: You talked about the basketball culture that uh, coaches you know established there at Saint Vincent, Saint Mary's, and right. obviously LeBron James uh made that school pretty famous early yeah. in the 2000s when they were on ESPN. So what was the basketball culture there um at St. Vincent?
2: Man, it, it it's second to none really. I mean uh from the standpoint of the facilities, I mean we had we had gyms and weight rooms and coaches and, and gear and we traveled, you know, we, we played in California and Florida and you know that that was when I really got a chance to really gauge myself against uh, against some of the top high school teams in the country and really see where my game was at and you know what I what it was that I needed to work on so an experience like that is invaluable and I and I'm thankful for coach drew uh you know taking me on and allowing me to come up there and uh you know he's become a close family friend but but the program man is it's, it's they, they're cranking out guys up there man we got guys in the NBA a ton of guys that have you know gone on to play high level division one I and stuff like that so uh you know that, that that's a program that is uh you know it, it stands alone in the things that they're that they're capable of doing up there for sure
0: so now you get to North Carolina after transferring and getting now you had no slouch now when you went there. Now you you you, right. you, you went in there and you started doing some things. And it's yeah. good, like you know, um like doing some of the research and stuff. Like you got to play with some of the guys that you played. Um I don't know if it was AAU or just um at other universities, but it just seemed like you started to jail. Um, just being under that kind of coaching and being in that environment, um, just where you and not ended up, but you worked to become MIAC player of the year, man. And right. How do individual accolades? I know they're not the whole thing, but like, there's got to be something. Especially as you, because we're talking about the journey, right? Like, and, and you know, decisions you make and and how how they kind of ultimately end up. Man, how was that, man? Kind of going through that, helping bring you know a title your, for your team.
2: Yeah, man, that was uh, that was actually one of the best situations and decisions that I made was to go to HBCU. So I'm gonna give a second shout out to uh, Lavelle Moulton, who is my uh, my college coach, and the things that he was able to help me realize and the potential that he was allowed me allowed me to grow into. Um his, his program is is one of the top HBCU programs, you know, in the country as well. They've they've won multiple Miac championships, played in the NCAA tournament multiple times. And um, you know, he's he's a winner himself. So we identified with each other right away off the bat, you know, just as far as work ethic and the things that he uh demanded from us as players. Um he has a close tie with um coach Tomlin uh, from the Steelers so we had some some mutuals right there that uh off the bat that we were like okay we i know what type of situation what type, type of guy I'm going to be under so that was uh that was tough what a lot of people don't know is my junior year I was um, I was ineligible for uh for 11 games out of the season um and that was one of the most embarrassing and hardest things that I had to deal with as a young as a young man cuz I came there on on track to graduate a year and a half early i came to college with a bunch of college credits and went to um summer school all year round so i had a chance to um i only had to take a few classes but i only had a few core classes so ended up not uh not really focusing on those classes got caught up in the hbcu life was going to visit all my friends and stuff like that at different colleges and stuff during my red shirt year so when it came time for me to play my junior year um i was one credit short from, from uh, the semester before, and there was nothing that that I could do. So that was the first time that, you know, um, I had to be held accountable for my actions. But in that time, what um, Coach Molten had told me was, like, you know, adversity introduces a man to himself, and that's something that I'll never forget. And, you know, I didn't really understand what that meant at the time. And so he was like, you know, he asked me to go back and think about, you know, what that meant. And, you know, really in that time, I, I, I had an opportunity to either – Hang my head and pout, and you know, blame it on everybody else, or take the initiative, get in the gym, and just you know, work on my game, and and take the rest of the year with a vengeance. So we ended up going to uh, the MiAC tournament and winning the MiAC tournament my junior year. Went on playing the uh, NCAA um, tournament that year, and uh, we lost in the first round. And then next year coming back, I, you know, I had a, I had a pretty good understanding of what it, what it was going to take to get back there because when you get to NCAA tournament, that's, that's the Mecca of college basketball, man. And when you see that it's a feeling that it's like, I can't even, I can't even describe it. Um, being it, being able to see or wear that blue patch that says NCAA on your chest and, um, you know, flying out and getting on these jets and, you know, especially coming from HBCU, that's something that you, you really don't get a chance to do. So, um, yeah, I came back my senior year. I worked. I stayed at school all off season, all summer. I was in the weight room in the gym and, you know, I had some great coaches down there. Eric Wilson, Um, he got in the gym with me every single day. He Get get up shots and I would I would go to class. I would get up, work out, go to the go to the weight room and then I go to practice and then I shoot after practice. And so it was just, uh, you know, really uh, preparation is the only way you have confidence is because when you prepare and you you know do things the right way, then you have confidence that you can go out and do that. So that, that was kind of the story of my senior year. And I was able to go on uh, when we had a player in the year that year.
1: I, I I love the adversity moment because I feel like I always look for the the point in people's journeys where it's like, yo, I got to make some decisions. Right. Um, and so it seems like you made, obviously, you've, you you've been a success. So you've made some decisions there. But what did you learn about yourself? In that low time.
2: In that low time, man, what I realized myself is, like, you know, I'm, I'm not as cool or I'm not as important as I thought I was. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're cool when, you, when you're when you doing things the right way and when, you know, you're able to help your team and make an impact and whenever, uh, you know, people look at you and they say, hey, man, this, this kid right here, he, he's doing things the right way. But when you're the kid who has access to everything and you have access to a lot of stuff and you're abusing that – then that comes comes back to ke- catch up to you. So, I learned that that lesson the hard way, and I think that was you know one of the turning points just in my perspective of everything of uh, you know how how your blessings work too. It's like you know you end up blocking your own blessing because you know you're not doing things that are in line with the things that you say you want for yourself. So, that's uh you know that that was kind of what I learned at that low point is like whatever you say you want, all your actions got to be in line with what it is that you say you're trying to go get.
1: I love it, man, because I had I had a similar issue when I was in college. And that that embarrassment about your name just being removed from the roster is just like, oh, my gosh, you're like, yo, Miles, you still playing? It's like,
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm there. <laughs> but uh, that chemistry man. or something.
2: <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> having, having to having to explain that and then, uh, you know, we played Clemson our first game of the year. Then we played Louisville the second game of the year both those games are on ESPN and on TV. Everybody's calling my phone. Hey, I don't even see you. You're not on the bench. You're not, you what's going on. You hurt what's going on. And then it's like, then you really have to, you got to hold yourself accountable in that, in that situation too. And just be like, Hey man, this is what happened. This is what I did. You know what I'm saying? I gotta, I gotta get myself together. So, and, and it was shocking to my family and, you know, everybody around me too, because I was always good at school. School was something that just came easy to me. So, they were like, man, school, like, man, you ain't never had no no issues with school and stuff like that. So it was it was something that I had to uh had to explain, something that I had to eat it. And then, you know, ever ever since then, I um, you know, I can't I came with a vengeance. I know we we joke with D'Angelo, but one of our first games back was against Howard, and I uh I gave Howard 31 with a vengeance. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, man, I will never not play basketball again. So <laughs> that was uh that was how that how that went.
0: Love it. And so um, moving into the game, man, which we're going to talk about some of your um, career moves or whatever. And um, to say never play basketball again, man, you, you shocked the world.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and I mean,
0: it goes back to, you know, another thing you said while you were kind of going through this adversity is like, if you say you're going to do something, you put your all into doing that. So right. you <laughs> became an undrafted free agent for the Miami Dolphins as a tight end after right. no college football stamps. So. I guess I want to start with, cause I'm pretty sure between me and Mitch, we'll get to a lot of other questions, but what, how did that decision come about?
2: Man, that was, that was a, that was a tough decision because I, I was at, I was at the peak of, of, of basketball. Like I had just one player of the year. I had all these agents reaching out to me, trying to get me to, you know, work out. And that's how I ended up first coming out here uh, to Las Vegas. Um, at impact and you know, shout out to the guys at impact the, you know, they always let me come over there and get a run and stuff like that still. So um, I'm thankful for those guys, but yeah, came out here to impact and train and it was the COVID year. So our tournament, we, um, we were the number one seed going into the tournament and, um, you know, I, w- I was priming up to be like, man, th- this is where I'm about to, you know, really take off and make my name. It's like, you know, small school guys that go into a tournament and they, and they play well um in front of college coaches. Um, are not in front of uh, pro scouts and stuff. You know, it, it gives you it gives you a chance to really solidify your name to to play at the next level. So, that was what my, happened in my plan. Um tournament ends up getting shut down. So, I'm back at my parents. I'm back at my parents. I'm, I'm graduated school, so I'm back at my parents and I'm waiting, to you know, see what's going to happen. Uh end up getting the call from an agent uh who was uh pj pj tucker's agent so me and pj tucker had the same agent and i always watched a guy like him because i was like that's who i want to be in the nba i want to i want to be pj tucker you know we're the same height same build kind of and you know the the way he played the game with you know tenacity and things like that that's what i wanted to do so when his agent reached out to me i'm like oh man this is only god this is exactly where i'm supposed to be or whatever so i ended up coming out here to impact and the draft and everything and all these workouts that i had scheduled they got delayed and they kept getting pushed back because of COVID and these teams couldn't bring guys in. So, you know, I was going to have to go to the G league. And then I was just thinking, I was like, man, I always said like, you know, if I, if I didn't play basketball, everybody would always say, Oh yeah, you can play football. You built like football player, all this stuff, whatever. So I told my agent one day, I was like, man, you know, um, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about just going at least to a workout, you know what I'm saying? To see, see what, you know, these teams, what these teams can do. So, or what these teams would, would want me to do. And uh, he was like, wow, it's crazy you said that because I actually had three or four teams reach out to me already, but I didn't want to put that on you because, you know, I didn't want to cloud your judgment. And so, um, you know, I, I, I called my dad. I'm like, Yo, you know, Pops, like these teams want not work me out. He was livid. He hated the idea. He was like, oh,
1: oh, <laughs> "He was, like, oh. he
2: was like, man, you, you haven't played no football in, 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 in so long. And, you know, you <laughs> don't put in all this work for basketball. And just because things – Like, you know, the G League, that's that's a good opportunity. You know, you can make a lot of money going overseas, and I never wanted to go overseas because, you know, I I hear the stories of guys not being able to, you know, see their family for a long amount of time or, you know, things like that. So – I, at first he, he wasn't really, you know, into the idea. He was like, well, if you want to make it happen, you know what I'm saying? You, you do that on your own. So a lot of people think that, you know, he made the calls for me and was like, you know, I'll, I'll get you, get you situated, but that's not how it went. But once I uh, went down to Miami, Miami was my first workout that I had. And uh, the, it was the last workout I had cause they signed me. So I, um, I called my dad. I was like, uh, they, they about to sign me. He's like, sign you? What, what, what you talking about? They about to sign you. He's like, <laughs> and so he's, uh, he's like, he's like, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. I, I, I need to see. So I'm start, I started sending him all the articles and, you know, the contract and stuff like that. And so then he started calling all of his friends, all of his boys and he, he was hyped up about it. So that was, you know, kind of the way that it went. So, you know, um, it wasn't something that I was like ready to step away from basketball at the time, but it was just like what I thought the best opportunity was for me. I was like, man, I want to stay in the states. I want to be a professional, and you know that that's kind of how it went. So,
1: did you yeah. did you did you have a chance to talk to? I mean, it seems like a popular transition from that basketball those built we'll call them strong guards and they told yeah. to the play tight end. So, did you have a chance to talk to the any of those guys that have made the transition already?
2: yeah i mean uh a few years back i mean we go to the hall of fame every year so i had a i had a chance to sit and talk with tony gonzalez for a while and that conversation really really stuck with me yeah and it was it was something that i was always grateful for and just hearing about him playing at kyle and he did it at a really high level obviously he he played division one football in the power five and and basketball in the power five so um you know, just hearing hearing his story and the things about how he made the transition and things like that, it was uh, it was he he's the only guy that I had a chance to talk to about that, but yeah, that was um one of the guys I did I did talk to yeah.
1: And so, I mean, this is what I like, and we we've had this discussion too about you know when you get to it, obviously high school football has its own language, and then you play in college, and that's a whole other language, and then I I don't even know what it sounds like in the NFL, just what what we've seen from uh, NFL <laughs> films. So what was it like just kind of trying to interpret all that language from basketball court to obviously now with the Miami Dolphins?
2: Man, uh that was absolutely the hardest part of being of being there. I mean, and any of my any of my boys from the Dolphins that see this, they they're gonna they're gonna laugh and say like, Yeah, this man did not know what we was talking about out there. So <laughs> That's uh that that's funny. It's it's kind of like uh they if they took you and dropped you in China and everybody's talking and trying to trying to ask you questions and asking you for a response and you you don't know what they're saying. So, you know, um the language around that, I, I hadn't played football. I hadn't played football since 10th grade or yeah, 10th grade was my last year playing football. And to step into an NFL huddle and you know, to lean in and hear the verbiage and the vernacular and the things that they're saying around that and understanding these plays are to me a mile long and you know, I don't know <laughs> what they're talking about and so that was uh that was hands down the toughest part about being in the nfl um i got a huge huge respect for those guys that that they're physically demanding you know they're they're big strong athletes but Anybody that says football players are not smart, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, I don't know what's going on on the defensive side of the ball, but the guys that stand in those huddles and and, and get those plays, especially when it's two minute hurry up offense and things like that, it's uh they they got a special mind for that. So that's um that that was tough for sure.
1: Getting your body prepared for those too, like you know, training for basketball is is probably completely different than training for football. What was the body transformation you went through in that process?
2: Um, as far as as far as the lifting and in the conditioning and stuff like that, that that wasn't the toughest part for me. Um, I've I've always been a weight room guy. You know, I enjoy lifting. It's it's something that I you know I still do now just just because I I enjoy it. But I had to gain twenty pounds, so I was I was two I was two thirty five. Ended up ended up getting up to two fifty five. Um, Playing that position. I mean, you got guys coming off the edge that are 275 (laughs) explosive DNs. Shout out to every DN. They're they're some of the most uh, (laughs) explosive and freaky athletes I have ever seen in my life. Uh, You know, 6'5", 6'6", 265, 275 come off the edge with ear holes to the ground and, and explosive. I don't understand how they do that, but, you know, that, that was, uh that was the toughest thing um, was, you know, I gained 20 pounds and my body had to get used to carrying that much weight. Mm-hmm. And, um you know, that, that was probably, probably the toughest thing body transformation wise for sure. <laughs> what
0: was the environment like with uh, coach Flores? He was the head coach at the time, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Leadership, because he's kind of like you know when you talk about a Ataman and things like that. You know, what what was kind of like the environment of the field of just you know being around that you know while he was running the helm.
2: Um, huge shout out to Coach Flores. I mean, he he's um you know the one the guy that pulled the trigger on you know bringing me in, him and Chris Greer. But um you know Coach Flores was really um he he believed in me and I w- I'm thankful for him uh you know for that a thousand percent first of all. But um he's a fierce leader. I mean he's he's a competitor, a guy who's on the defensive side of the ball. You know, he's he's obviously a defensive coordinator in Minnesota now, but he's uh you know, he he's a winner. So I you know everything that he had to go through, you know, my heart goes out to him for that. But he uh you know he was running a tight ship and um you know he wanted the best for everybody on that team. So I, I was thankful to be, you know, under his uh his leadership while I was there for sure.
0: So oh and then uh kind of wrap it, and he'll be in town soon vikings versus raiders yep. coming up <laughs> um and then um just kind of what is your thoughts or interactions with the xfl right because like so that's another opportunity that's growing um you know i don't know how much interaction you have with it but what are your thoughts on it do you think it's going to survive this time
2: uh i hope it does i mean I, I actually went down to the xfl for a little bit to check those guys out uh jonathan hayes um you know, he was he was the o- OC down there for um for the XFL uh, Renegades, and so I was down there for for a short time too before I you know just decided that you know I need to I need to go ahead and step away from it. But he um he did a great job down there. And The XFL is is a good platform for guys to have an opportunity to you know get back in and just still play the game and get some good film. So there's a lot of good players that are that are in that league. It's just it's just tough because there's only so many positions in the NFL, and I mean, I know a lot of those guys have aspirations to get back into the league, and um, NFL is it's impossible to duplicate. I mean, they're you know that's that's the league. I mean, the Premier League for America, and you know all of those things, and there's so much money and so many uh, resources that they have there. So hopefully that the, the XFL can continue to grow and you know they can continue to you know build so that they can have something that is successful as well too but as far as the nfl to xfl you know that that's not really a, a good comparison right there <laughs> and,
0: and it's getting tougher like so they need to put some years and hopefully they can grow that product where it can be something that is maybe a supplemental league or a league that stands on its own so where you 100%. know people can have you know a, a decent career and do it here because i right. know you spoke about like not wanting to go overseas when you're talking basketball um you may know um isaiah green uh who's a, um, a Steeler. That was his thing, right? Like he was playing and, you know, it came a time where it was like he didn't get picked back up. He went overseas. He's like, look, if I can't play in the States, you know, I'm going to hang it up. So yeah, you know, hopefully XFL kind of gets to that and offers, you know, a, an alternative for for people that still, you know, have some, some, some uh, shelf life and, and want to kind of still tackle that dream
2: yeah no for sure that's uh that's that's a big time that's a big time goal that they have and i think that you know it's attainable there's a they got a lot of good coaches i mean bob stoops was was our head coach and i mean you know his his resume looks like and the things that he's been able to do um they had rod woodson was in that league and you know uh those are just two of the two of the notable notable names um
0: rod coaches the vegas team
2: yeah yeah so they they uh they had some you know some some really good coaches that are in that league and some good players as well. So I think that you know they'll uh, they'll they'll survive a little longer than they did the last time, at least.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, let's jump into the day gig, man. So you are in community relations for the Raiders, right? So explain to me what I don't I hate to say typical day, but kind of like a, a, an average day would be with what you do or the role, because um, as some may know. That role at a different team could be totally different, you know, of the thirty-two teams, right? So, what what, what's your role here at the the, uh, with the Raiders?
2: Well, here, I mean, I, I think that you know what I tell people all the time is we're we're fostering positive relationships for the Raiders brand. I mean, just uh with different 501 C3s and just different uh organizations throughout the community that don't really get a chance to touch the Raiders, you know. That that's our job to go out and make sure that our presence is felt there and that those those people are seen, heard and and, and looked after. So, um here here in Vegas, I mean, we're a new team and you know, we're we're creating fans and we're building fans and um you know, hopefully, we're 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 raising up young fans that are uh, that are going to follow the Raiders forever. So that's kind of what our job is. Um, you know, in a nutshell, just being in the community, touching lives, and um, you know, that's satisfying work, and that's a, you know, I enjoy it for sure.
1: Growing up on a ranch, obviously playing basketball in different cities and states, and then transitioning to football. I feel like you can probably touch a lot of people at just kind of where they're at. You know, you can right. kind of find some some equality there with them. How does that help you, your background? How does it help you with your kind of day-to-day job?
2: Um, I, I think that, you know, especially when we go into these communities, obviously we're, we're in underserved communities and I, and I got a lot of family that are, that, are, that look like that and that are in those types of situations as well. Um, my father, he actually on the farm, we have a nonprofit organization. Um, and I'm giving him a quick plug right here. Uh, We're gonna get Uh, into that, though. Yeah, yeah. Mel Blunt Youth Leadership Initiative, where he, uh, where he has a boys' home that serves uh, troubled inner-city youth, and then also they have summer programs and things like that, equestrian programs where kids get a chance to come out and um and do things that they've never done before. So, I've uh, I've grown up around it, and I've seen the impact that he's had on many kids' lives and the things that he's done in the community, um, as a philanthropist and activist and things like that as well. Um, off the field, and I think that. Um, my passion here aligns directly with that. And that's where I come from, and that's why uh, you know that I think that this is the perfect job for me. So.
1: And we always talk about the transition of athlete on the field to to off the field, and you've made that transition, and you're in the middle of those transitions. What were some things that helped you through that time of obviously leaving the field court, and then obviously into the front office? What were those transition times for you?
2: In uh, those transitions, man, it's just, uh, you know, remembering where you came from. I mean, I, I talk back to to Lindsley and the things that I that I learned there and the things that happened around that school. And you you kind of understand the ability to read the room and, you know, kind of understand, you know, where you fit in and, you know, what, what you need to work on and things like that, too. So I think that that's that's the biggest part of the transition is just understanding different personalities and, you know, be, like you said, being able to meet people where they're at. Um, you know all across the board whether it's in the community or in the office or you know any anywhere like that so that's what that transition has looked like for me just really being thankful you know I tell my parents every day that I'm thankful for all the different situations they put me in and allowed me to experience as a young man because it's helped me in my adult life so much now so what's
0: one of the things that you like most about your role right like that you kind of you know drill down in on right like i mean there's you guys do so much great stuff and Just that just kind of like the overall um, emphasis of what you do, I'm sure brings you joy. Like, that's why you you, you attach to that. But what if there's like an event that you guys do or or, or something, you know, just to to kind of really says, you know what, this this makes it all perfect for me. Yeah, I would say
2: uh, if you if you say an event, uh, event wise, I would probably say. I'm gonna I'm gonna plug my own event right here. Stretch and move. I mean that's uh <laughs> that's what uh that's what I love doing and being out in the community, different boys and girls clubs, elementary schools, high schools, and things like that. We get a chance to go out and just promote uh healthy living, healthy wellness, um activities, eating uh, eating eat right, character building, and things like that. And to have the Raiders behind you when you're coming out and you have a message like that is uh is so powerful because not only are they receiving what you're saying, but they're having a good time doing it. So that's what that's what I would say, uh, you know, those stretching moves, getting out in the community. Uh, you know, my team has, has done a good job uh, supporting me there, and that, that's that's what I love the most, probably just being out in the community with uh, my Stretching Move program
1: for sure.
0: There you go. So look out for a Stretching Move near you here in Las yep. Vegas.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All
0: right, M.H., you ready for those quick hits?
1: I am, man. So, Jabri, this is some um... – Random questions, some some questions so that our listeners can kind of get to know you a little better as well. But okay. uh, first time if ever, uh you've been starstruck.
2: I went to Usher the other day and I saw Michael Jordan. That was the first time I ever seen Michael Jordan and I was like, Whoa, that's that's MJ right there, the goat. You know, <laughs> so like uh, you know, seeing seeing Michael Jordan was probably the first time I ever was like, you know, that that's really him right there. So yeah.
1: They always say like he has like this aura about him. Is that is that true?
2: A thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: it, and the
2: way that he walks walks like he's like it's ninety six and he's getting ready to get a bucket. I mean he he's he's him. So I mean that that, that was probably the first time I I would start starstruck seeing Michael Jordan. Yeah.
1: Strangest place that you've ever been, kind of recognized.
2: Strangest place I've been recognized. I don't know man I mean i would, I' would probably have to say I'd probably have to say maybe a restaurant or something like that I mean, just just when I go back home and you know different people that see you that might have grown up and played with you and stuff like that, it's like, oh yeah, I see you're doing such and such and it's like you know i I hate when I don't remember or recognize who somebody else is so that that's probably the probably the strangest time i mean not, nothing I would say is too crazy, yeah.
1: All right. Uh, a shout out to one of your favorite teammates, basketball, and then on the football field.
2: Wow. Shout out to one of my favorite teammates. Um, shout out my boy, Toddy Goodwin. Uh, he's a, he's a, he's a, um, project manager now in Arizona. So he, uh, we, we were teammates from fifth grade all the way to probably 10th grade when I moved away and uh, went to St. St. Mary's one of the best point guards I've had. Uh, one of my closest friends and, um, you know, one of the smartest guys I know too. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's doing some good things down in Arizona with, uh, Republic services. So he's, um, you know, I'm I'm gonna give a shout out to him football side. I'm gonna give a shout out to my boy Hunter long. He's out at the, uh, he's out at the Rams and, uh, we were in Miami together. We lived in the same building when we were down in Miami and, you know, I was, I was always knocking on his door, asking him to come study with me. He played tight end as well. So I'm, and, and he was a computer science engineer at Boston College. So he he had a he had a sharp mind. So he was able to, you know, instill some some football knowledge into me. So I'm gonna shout out those two guys for sure.
1: I'm gonna judge you a little bit on this one. Uh the wood or love and basketball. Just just being real, I'm gonna judge.
2: Love and basketball, hands
1: down. <laughs> I mean,
2: I mean that's a classic. Growing up, you see you see Quincy McCall and he and he's uh and he's, he's terrible. Up. He's terrible. <laughs> He's terrible. Look, but 10-year-old me don't know that. 10-year-old <laughs> old me, 10-year-old me all he knows he was he was at USC. USC he
0: right. was at,
2: he was out at the out at the Lakers. He had the he had a fine girl and things like that. I'm like, man, I want
0: He, like, he turned down called? Tyra Banks. <laughs> exactly.
2: You know what I'm saying? I'm like, Quincy McCall, man. That's a, he's a legend.
1: I mean, the way he tore his ACL is has to be the worst in qualifications. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ever. Not, are you uh, a athletic bone in his body but yeah that's uh, absolutely not you like a right. uh, like a like a netflix series guy or are you a you a netflix movie type dude
2: i'm more of a i'm more of a series type of guy now i'm transitioning away from the movies because i can you know watch a quick series get away from it come back to it a week later a day later you know whenever i get some chance get a chance so i would probably say a series over a, over a movie for sure got
1: you
0: <laughs> so I got a quick one. Since you just met MJ, and you have ties to a school with um, LeBron James, who's the goat?
2: LeBron's the goat, hands down. <laughs> I, I I gotta I gotta say LeBron is the goat. I mean, if you put LeBron in that era, his size, his athleticism, his skill—I mean, it, it's it's hard to stop a guy like that. I mean, the man's thirty-eight years old, and he and he's still uh, he's still a force to be reckoned with. You know, and uh, you know, going the same V, I mean, Le- LeBron did a lot more for me than uh, than, than MJ did, so <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> speak on your game, man, because I've had the pleasure of sharing the court with Jabri. <laughs> <laughs> this man is Bron himself, so speak on your game, man. Let's speak go. Your
0: game. Well, yeah, uh, you said PJ Tucker was like kind of yeah, something you know, that you want yeah, talk, yeah.
1: talk about the game, nah. man. Let's get I'll it. I'll take PJ, I'll take PJ.
2: Don't no, you <laughs> nah, uh. I, I don't have much to say around it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm retired now and I'm, I'm out the game, but I mean, like to, like to be able to go out. I mean, obviously here in Las Vegas, it's, it's a lot of guys like to come here. So you always get a good run. You get a chance to see a lot of guys that are in the NBA and still, you know, I like to go out and engage my game against, against some guys that are still playing, you know, just for my own ego, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's good, man. I think that anything you do, how you do anything is how you do everything. So. I, I want to mm-hmm. do that at a high level. I want to try to, you know, do community relations at a high level. So, you know, if I can, if I can keep everything pretty consistent, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's for, it'll it'll be it'll work out. It's good. Yeah. So you get
0: boogie. Horrible, you man. get yeah. I know. Cause did you he get boogie horrible. some buckets? Don't, don't, don't I see you running with, him. with boogie.
2: And yeah. Don't
0: jump my dude with him. KG. My dude <laughs> KG works. You know he yeah. does. Oh yeah, KG. Rest. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a fan. So I mean, yeah. you know, there's some people you don't probably gave buckets to, and you are just being nice yeah, right now. Being, being
2: nice.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I don't. I, I'm not gonna speak on nobody's name uh, specifically, but I, <laughs> you know, K, KG got all the tape. He 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 knows. His, uh <laughs> He got all he got all the film. Shout out to KG too, because KG uh he always hit me up when they got a run going. Half the time I'm at the office, so I can't I can't make it out. I mean he. KG, man, start start putting some start putting some runs in the evening, man. Can anybody come run? Can anybody come run at twelve noon? Uh, every, every all all the time, man. We got people got jobs out here, so yeah. But, uh, shout out shout out to him, man. he he always uh involves me. So that's what's for up.
0: All right, man. So uh, getting close here, we're going to jump into the winner's circle, man. Um, you did allude to uh, your pops, man. Um, so we definitely. I mean, as a Steeler fan, you know, I love the Pops. You know, I've actually met him in passing because my um, dad used to live in Pittsburgh before I moved mm-hmm. out here to Vegas. Um, but you, you talked about the Mel Blunt Youth Leadership Initiative, and you guys do a lot of great things. And it's kind of funny, like, hearing, um, you know, what you do with the stretch and move. It kind of sounds like some of, like, uh, the high five, the the health and physical stuff that, you know, yep. you guys do it, do um, at your, your father's ranch. But I mean, you guys do so much there. Was that part of the stuff, the duties when you came home for the summer uh, that you guys oh. had
2: to and work on? <laughs> oh, a thousand percent, man. We used to come home and run summer camps, and yeah. uh, you know, my my mom, she uh, she oversees all of his businesses and everything, um, everything that all of us do. She's uh, you know, she's the the matriarch and the backbone of all all of those things so uh yeah we would come home and she is like hey, we got we got this group of kids coming out you know we need we need everybody over at the office we're going to be doing such and such you know so those are things that i'm obviously brought with me to the raiders the, those experiences that my uh parents put me in a leadership role you know at a young age and being like hey this is this is something small to us but it's big to the community so being able to uh um, you know run those events and, and have a hand in in what was going on at the uh, youth leadership academy was was uh um, definitely invaluable
1: you know coming over here to
2: the Raiders for sure
0: absolutely great experiences go ahead mate.
1: the Bright Futures Scholar Program and I think it's one of the coolest things that you guys do amongst a lot of things as EJ mentioned that you guys do talk a little bit about that program
2: so that program um you know we just like to highlight and make sure that kids are having access to things there a need is a partner is a group that we partner with in the city and they do a black college tour every year and they um they take kids around to all the HBCUs: Spelman, howard uh tuskegee uh tennessee state all those things like that so um that that program that we run is we're giving kids access to education and then the opportunity to understand what it takes to be in college and what it takes to get into college so just making sure that they're uh, equipped with that knowledge and you know that that's kind of what that program looks like for us
0: that's awesome and then one that really looks like fun man is the roast how long have they been doing that i looked and see you guys just did the roast for um uh troy and then you got yeah. coach cowers roast coming up this year so it looks like yeah. it's a an annual thing man how fun is that man
2: man the roast the roast is a is a really it's a blessed it's a blessed idea that my mom had, you know, back uh when my dad turned 50, it started out as his uh 50th birthday party. And that's kind of uh the a lot of people don't know that that's kind of the origin of how it started. So my mom was planning a 50th birthday party for him and had all of his teammates come back and you know she got an MC and she ended up turning it to a sponsorship or to uh to a sponsors event for the youth home. So um it's only grown since then. We've had it at different different venues in the city, the Wyndham uh, you know they they work with us all the time the west end, we've had it over at the west end and we've even had it at the stadium a few years uh in a row but yeah the the working with working with troy palomalu and jerome bettis and coach cower and coach tom and everybody you know they come back Joey porter casey hampton you know you got you got a long list of Steelers in the lineage uh guys that play with my dad donnie shell john Wars, joe green these guys uh you know, to me, it's amazing to see um, what he means to the organization and how they uh, how they come out and how they show up for him. And um, you know, I'm thankful for the, all those guys because that event is is an event that has grown so so large. And you know, we have we're sitting in a room with over two thousand people that are all there to uh, to su- support the youth home. So that's, that's uh, yeah. So that's something that has been. Uh, great to see. We just had our biggest roast uh, for Troy Polamalu. It was his first time back in the city. Uh, so I, I give my, my dad pops he, uh, props for he um, being able to bring him back to the city. It was his first time back in a while. So that was uh that was great to see. Yeah.
1: I think it's really cool, man. In, in a place in, in a society where we don't really honor our history the way we really should. Right. Um, I think it's really cool to steal his organization. It was really hands in with your with your dad still and all he's done for them uh in the community and obviously on the field, man. How cool is that to just kind of be still tied in really nice with the, the organization?
2: Um yeah, I, I think that uh growing up it's it's something that I'll always be thankful for. And I mean you you don't realize the impact of it, like I said, until you get a little bit older and you even come and you're inside another organization and you see how hard it is for players to have access to their organization because there's so many guys that come through a team and so many guys that are on and off a team and things like that so to understand that you know an organization is so committed to helping and giving back to uh, my father and you know his vision and the things that he's he's been able to do um, it speaks volumes to you know what he was able to do for them and then also you know who he is as a person so I've always just wanted to honor that legacy and I'm thankful for the Steelers organization because they welcome us with open arms every time we come home. So even when we came, um, when the Steelers came out here, you know, for our, for our first home game, it was my first, first game as a Raider Steelers were out here, um, you know, got, got, was able to touch, touch base with, you know, some guys on the team, coach Tomlin. And, you know, my, my parents came out and they brought probably 30 or 40 people to, you know, sit in my father's suite for, um for the game and stuff like that. So, Having that tie with the Steelers is something I will always cherish, and you know, secretly, you know, I'll, I'll always bleed a little bit of uh black and gold. <laughs> don't,
1: don't tell EJ that. He's <laughs> <gonna be>. hey, <laughs> smart
0: man. Where's my terrible thoughts? I grab it somewhere I know. Nah, you go. you're good? You're good. You're good. Oh, you want me to wait? Okay, yeah, I've done good.
1: Just <laughs> fl- fl- no. fl- <laughs> flash
2: it, man. You know what i'm saying hold on let me let me go like this real quick yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: They, they, they pay your bills they pay your bills they pay your bills. yeah
1: exactly
2: exactly
0: <laughs> all right man well hey you know these times fly because we have so much fun doing it but what uh we want to jump into really quick is um we call this the assist um this is just where you could either you know something you would tell your younger self or a quote that you live by or just some kind of um you know words of wisdom
2: Uh, yeah, no, for sure. The assist for me would be, um, how you do anything is how you do everything. I I said it earlier in the podcast, but I, um, I tell, I tell my friends that I tell myself that every day, how you, how you get up and make, make your bed every day, how you take care of yourself, how you take care of your business. Um, you know, it's a reflection of, you know, how you're going to do anything. You can't, you can't BS off the court and then come and think that you're going to, you know, get 30 or have, have a good game. You can't, You know, BS in your preparation, and think that you're going to go into a meeting and be prepared for that meeting. So, you know, it translates all across the board and everything you do. So, that that's my assist to whoever's listening is how you do anything is how you do everything.
0: I love that, man. I love that. MH, man, you gonna hit us with some final thoughts?
1: No, Jabri, man, appreciate you, brother. Glad you uh, spent some time with us, man. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm definitely thankful that our paths have crossed. Uh, You know, looking forward to continue to build relationship with you, man. And uh, just excited to be a part of your journey, man. Appreciate you, brother.
2: No, for sure. I appreciate appreciate you guys, too. I mean, especially the the wisdom that you guys have given me and, you know, the things we're able to, you know, sit and chat about and, about too. So I'm uh, thankful for you guys. Appreciate you guys having me on for sure.
0: Awesome, man. It's definitely been a pleasure. Well, thank you to our guests for making the time, you know, getting him on. We're looking forward to getting him on. So no better way to to wrap the season, season um, than to have you on. We want to thank you to people for listening uh hope you enjoyed the show please share the show as you know we drop new shows every thursday um and please subscribe to the youtube channel because if you uh, visual representation matters if you can see it you can be it uh we're on every podcast platform uh we're even in uh, spanish and (laughs) and actually alexa i'm gonna just say alexa play black and sports so all your devices play the show right now um but no, like we always say, man, please stay safe, practice gratitude, and know we're rooting for you.
1: Screaming, all us Blacks got sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's Black, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's Black, yeah. Yo, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Duh, sue me, I'm rootin' for everybody that's black, spent bouts, and racks, or handmade, and rags. Sue me, I'm rootin' for everybody that's black, and everybody from sports, the college class, to rap, and battle.